When the curtain rises for the first performance of L'Elysée d'Amore at the 2011 festival, it will be the 79th performance of this much-loved work at Glyndebourne. Testament to its longevity is the fact that Glyndebourne have just released on CD their 1962 recording. The current Annabelle Arden production started as one for Glyndebourne on tour in the 2007 season, the performances of which were conducted by Enrique Mazzola. Now the Arden-Mazzola partnership is restored and they pick up the creative thread begun several years ago, but working this time with a new cast. Annabelle and Enrique join me now, fresh from the first stage and orchestra rehearsal. Annabelle, five or six years ago, when you were first asked to think about a new production of Elysée, how did you come to the piece at that stage? What did you know of it already, and, and how did you approach it? I didn't know anything at all about it. I'd never seen it. And the first thing I did was to make contact with the conductor, Enrique Mazzola, because I knew he knew a lot about Donizetti. And we had a most wonderful meeting he in London. He came to my house, and we spent a long time eating and drinking and having coffee and talking. Yeah, sounds good. And um, it was very illuminating because when I first began to listen to the music, if you like, I was a little bit um, dazzled by the surface and I couldn't see underneath the surface. And what Enrique enabled me to do was to actually understand it in all its uh, depth and complexity. Really? And what were the insights that you brought in on that occasion? What were those things? First of all, I think, Annabelle, also you exaggerate a lot <laughs> eh? because uh, you can read the Italian language uh, through different uh, levels, isn't it? No? Yes, yes. And uh, there is a, a very easy level that is uh, the language uh, that brings you to make the actions, yes? But then behind this, there are so many uh, second, third meaning, yes, mm -hmm. on, the, on the sentences, through, through the sentences, through the words, and um, this is, of course, speaking about words, but then there is the music that gives you also so many different uh, uh, levels you can read the, the score. So I remember we were speaking of the mood of the music, what the music can give to the world and what the words can add to the music. <laughs> touch with Donizetti in a way that really moved me and we talked a lot about his tragic work as well yeah and I I sort of put it together in my mind the what actually happens to Nemorino and to Adina and to take it really seriously and of course for all the best comedies you have to take them very very seriously but in talking to each other it was easier for me to make that link because it is a comedy and it's not just a silly comedy it's a really good comedy and so I was looking for the the way through, and, and when Enrique shows me the structures of the music, it's enormously helpful because the structure of the music determines the structure of the action and the structure of the comedy. And are you saying also that the music itself is not just comic music but has a really solid side to it? 
this is something uh, um, that we started to speak about in our first meeting, that is seen, Elise d'Amore, like a comic uh, opera. It's a melodrama giocoso. It's not a comic comic opera, but it's easy to, to play the, the rhythms for comedy because they're there. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. It is funny. Yeah, but it's also, it's really touching. I think the, the key for me was that I knew that my first response to it was how to make this really touching. And I found that we worked very well together on that level because it's, that's not easy. Yeah. It's in a remote rural place. It's not today. It's in a time when that community that you're talking about, where Adina lives and Nemorino lives, is isolated. It has to be isolated. Otherwise, the story can't happen. Yes. And so you already have to think yourself back into just a simple human situation, which is, is delicate, you know. It's delicate to make it work. Yeah. And, of course, you, you did introduce, didn't you, another comic character in, in the person of the doctor's assistant. What was the thinking behind that? Theoretically, the doctor does come in with somebody because he's in the score, because he actually asks somebody to, to play the trumpet. He says music. So he's not alone. I think it's, um, it's something I tend to do, is I always try to get actors into opera, because um, there's somebody else to play with. I mean, it's perfect for Dil Kumar, who has all these endless asides and business, and he needs somebody to be in collusion with him. I think. And also, I didn't want to have a, an aeroplane or a hot air balloon or a car or anything, so I wanted him to be brought on, literally pulled on by one other person. And I did think somewhere, in a way, of a kind of Donizettian version of um, Lucky and Pozzo in, in uh, Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Because there's an undercurrent to Dulcamara where he can be, he could be very cruel to that assistant. That it, there's a, there's a little darkness somewhere in that character. Yes, there is. He isn't particularly in, in this incarnation, but it depends which Dulcamara you have. We have a, a new cast for this production with Danielle Denise and Stephen Costello and a great chorus as well. Could you just take us through the cast of this production? Danielle, um, I think, is bringing a lot of joy to this, uh, to this cast, to this uh, production. What I like very much of Danielle is that... Uh, Every rehearsal, she's looking for something. She's, she's uh, investigating why, when, how, if, if not, of uh, whatever she's uh, doing, she's singing. She's curious of uh, everything. And I think it's always interesting to have a lot of questions to answer, yes? to find the reasons of uh, everything. Stephen Costello, he's uh, very, very, very nice. He brought a lot of uh, cantabilità, really a large cantabile. Stephen has a, a fantastic uh, legato uh, voice. So I would say he is the voice for the bel canto. So always uh, in, in this legato, he's always uh, beautifully uh, elegant in the voice. So this is very, very beautiful for our cast. We have a very nice, very, very nice Dulcamara, uh, Paolo Gavanelli. Paolo is uh, Italian. He comes from northern Italy. And uh, I would say, the, confirm Annabelle, he, he reads the text in a very funny way, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He's now he's delicious. He's and he's a sort of wonderfully enormous theatrical presence. So he walks on and you go, ah, yes, Dul Kamara. You know, he he embodies the role very very well. You, you know, in in his aria, he has to say so many words because he's presenting the Elysee, and is each word is so specific, and yeah, yeah. he can make a difference of each word because this medicine is good for this kind of illness, this kind, this kind, this kind, this kind. So it's really an example of Italianita. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tour de force, and I mean, he's a fantastic singer, and he's and he teaches a lot. I mean, he's done a lot, Paolo. You've got, you know, a real school of theatre experience behind there. Great fun to work with. And his assistant in this production, James Bellarini. Is James Bellarini, who did did it it before, before, um, who is a lovely actor and a highly physical actor. And it's very interesting for him working with different singers because he has to support, fit in with... uh, They have to make a real relationship on stage with somebody who's not singing, which is interesting for them as well. Is he having to work differently this time than with the new cast, do you think? I think he's having great fun with Paolo. <laughs> yeah. Paolo is very precise. He's a very precise uh, singer. He knows exactly where everything is on the stage. He's a, you know, so he and James get along very well. And then we have Rodion Bogosov, who's a wonderful Russian um, belcore, who I'm enjoying enormously because he um, he's dashing and handsome and sings beautifully. And he's very inventive. And belcore is a tricky role because you have to invent that character, really. We don't have a stock character which existed then of the proud soldier that's gone from our society, you know, so you have to make it up. And it must be exciting for you, is it, working with a new cast and recreating the roles? Absolutely, and you learn something new every time. And we have a very different um, Gianetta in Manuela Bichelier, who is much more sweet, dolce. We had a very... um, sparky Janetta last time, who was a real little firecracker. I mean, you had to really contain her. Whereas this Janetta has grown uh, gently, slowly. Everybody has their own process, you know. And that's fascinating too, because they are very different at the end of four weeks. It, it took me a while to detect how funny, or potentially funny, Stephen Costello can be. He did not reveal that for a while. So I teased him. I said, you know, you could have helped me there in the first couple of weeks. <laughs> he said, oh, no, 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 I, 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 I take my time. <laughs> you know, and you, you have to accept that. Singers are, uh, can be very veiled at the beginning, but this is really a wonderful cast. Can I just ask you, I'm always fascinated by the way that conductor and director do actually work together. And, and I know it's not always easy to put into words exactly how that relationship works, but... Can you have a go at just explaining how that happens? I feel we work particularly well together because, I, first of all, Enrique's uh, 
extremely good at elucidating the score. Sometimes if you're coming from the theatre, you know how the action should build up and you know how the situation should develop. But you need, if possible, in music like this, to be tied really accurately to how the music itself is shaped. So I might develop an action and it doesn't feel quite right and Enrique can help by... He says, no, 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 but that is where he has to give her the flower or that's the strong point. And I'll not have got it exactly right. I'm kind of near enough, but I'm not precise. So the precision, and I always feel that um, these musical devices are offered in just the pure spirit of um, theatrical colleagueship, you know. Sometimes you can feel a little bit chastised by a conductor that you didn't know, but I never have this feeling with Enrique. And also because I, I feel that we are both working towards the same end, which is we're making a piece of music theatre or theatre with music, or it's a Gesamtkunstwerk, you know, that I don't feel that one is superior to the other. They need each other to function properly. Working in stage and orchestra, and when I see that something doesn't work in stage, for me, is a part of the stage and orchestra, even if it doesn't touch the strictly music side, because... If uh, a singer is not able to say something through his own body, through his own position, he's not able to sing it. It doesn't mean anything to the public. So for me, it's so important to to, to work together. It's so important, uh, the stage. This is an opera. This is an opera. And today, the collaboration, director, conductor, is fundamental, I would mm-hmm. say. Oh yes, it is. And you, when you don't have it, you really, you really are working with, you know, like one leg. And I mean, for example, it's re- very refreshing that we both think the same thing. Like, you know, the chorus is at a party. Well, then they have to make, they have to vocalise as people would. I mean, that they can't be absolutely silent apart from when they sing. They have to laugh and applaud and make disturbances because that's what the situation demands. And when you say that you're working towards the same end, it may be stating the obvious, but what is that end? I mean, you've already mentioned the the multi-layers that exist to this piece, but ultimately, what is this piece in in its essence? Well, I mean, you you have to follow the story. The story has to be clear. My aim is that nobody ever looks at the surtitles, even if they don't understand a word of Italian. It should be absolutely clear what's going on. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that it should be enjoyable and touching and funny and it should carry you away. But first and foremost, it is a story. It's a very good story, I think. Um, and you have to be touched by, by the people and and believe. You know, there's a degree of stylization. It, you know, it's not television. You want the audience to be theatrically elevated. It's timeless. It's timeless. People should have their spirits enormously lifted and they should be touched, I think. Annabelle. Enrique, thank you very much for talking to me.